Hi, I'm Pastor Jason from Yokine Baptist Church, and this is a sermon recorded at one of our Sunday morning services. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you're encouraged by this message and that it draws you closer to God. Enjoy. It's um, it's always hard trying to work out when the best time of year is to do a, a harvest Thanksgiving service. So, let me tell you a story, the story of Ruth. Ruth lived in a place called Moab and was married to a guy who was part of God's chosen people, the Israelites. And after a few years, Ruth's husband died. So instead of returning to her family, which would have been normally expected, she stayed with Naomi, her mother-in-law. Now, who would do that? Who would stay with their mother-in-law? Come on. Naomi tried to encourage Ruth. No, no, go back to your own country. Go back to your own country. But Ruth would not leave Naomi. In fact, not only would she not leave Naomi, but she wanted to go back to Israel with her. And she said something really profound. She said, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. So they both returned home to uh, Naomi's home in Bethlehem. Now, back then, it was hard for women to support themselves. Usually, a woman had to be looked after by her husband or father. And so, as Ruth and Naomi headed back to Bethlehem, they didn't really know how they were going to get by. And so, to get food, Ruth would go to the fields of a man named Boaz, and she would follow the harvesters around. And anything that the harvesters dropped, she would pick up. You know, even if it was just a small little bit of grain, she would pick it up. And this is called gleaning. In fact, uh, the people of Israel were told not to, not to harvest right around to the edges of their property, but to leave some for the poor to come through. So Ruth worked from night until day. Where am I up to? That one there. Ruth worked from night until day, uh, barely taking a break. And this guy, Boaz, began to notice her. He told his workers, look, as you go through harvesting, kind of drop extra on the ground so that she can come through and pick it up. Now, when Naomi heard this, she was overjoyed because Boaz was her relative and because he was one of their nearest relatives, he was what they called a family redeemer. And that meant that he had he could take on the responsibility of looking after Ruth and Naomi. So if anyone was going to rescue Ruth and Naomi, it was going to be this guy. And this gave Naomi an idea. She told Ruth to go and put on her best clothes, put on her perfume and go to the place where Boaz was sleeping. And once Boaz had gone to sleep, that she should go and lay down by his feet. And when Boaz got up, And he asked, what in the world are you doing here? She said, you are my family redeemer. And Boaz understood that what Ruth was doing was Ruth was saying, I want you to marry me. I want you to take me and and look after us. And so Boaz agreed. Uh, This was a big deal. Partly it was a big deal because Ruth wasn't even an Israelite. So ordinarily... A Jew would not have married a non-Jew in those circumstances. But 
Naomi, uh, but Ruth wanted to become part of the people of God. She wanted to follow the Lord. And so by marrying Boaz, she officially became part of God's family. And uh, if you don't already know this, whoops, let me move on. Ruth's great-grandson was David, who became king of Israel. And many years later, Jesus, who is the redeemer for all of us, uh, came through that same family line. So that's the story of Ruth. Uh, this is a, a story that the, that the, uh, that the Israelites will uh, read at this time of Harvest Thanksgiving. Now, there's a festival at this time of the year that some people celebrate, um, known as the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. And it's named for the tents that the Israelites lived in when they were out in the wilderness. And at the end of that week came the Feast of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is the Jewish, the, the Greek name. It means the 50th day. Because it celebrated 50 days after Passover. And it's one of the three big pilgrimage feasts when everyone, um, every, every, particularly every adult male was required to go to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. So Pentecost was a special holiday. There were celebrations, there were sacrifices. Um, and they, one of the things in particular they were sacrifices, they would make bread from the newly harvested grain and present that to the Lord. So in short, Pentecost is a harvest celebration. And it's, it's always difficult for us to work out when should we celebrate it? Because a lot of people celebrate Pentecost, you know, in like May, because it follows 50 days after Passover. But that's because in Israel, in the Northern Hemisphere, that's when harvest happens. But our harvest doesn't happen in May. That's when they start seeding. That's the beginning of our season. They start harvesting now in November and December. So it's always hard to work out when's the best time to celebrate this feast. So I've made it kind of fit with the, with the wheat harvest uh, here in Australia. Um, although, as it turns out, because I'm the world's worst gardener and I know nothing, right? As it turns out, there's really nothing in the garden downstairs to harvest at the moment. Because about a month ago, uh, you know, all the fruit came out. And it's going to be, you know, another month away before there's more stuff harvesting. So I don't know. It's impossible to find the best time to do this. But we're going to do it today. We're going to do it today. So Pentecost was a fantastic celebration for the people of God. The streets of Jerusalem um, were filled with thousands of pilgrims who'd come from all around the place to be there and celebrate the bringing in of the harvest. And so the harvest was called by lots of names. Uh, we call it mostly nowadays Pentecost uh, because that's the Greek for being 50 days after, after Passover. But it was also called the Feast of Weeks because it was seven weeks and one day or the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of First Fruits. So if you hear anyone using any of those expressions, they all mean the same thing. Now in Jewish tradition... This also celebrates the time when God gave the people of Israel his law at Mount Sinai. And so you might recall that uh, after, uh, after Abraham and the people, you know, there was a famine, they all went to Egypt. In, in Egypt, they, were, they grew and they became a threat to the Egyptians and so they enslaved them. And so for 400 years, they were slaves in Egypt and then they were, then they were brought out by Moses. Right? They escaped from the Egyptians and they headed off into the wilderness. 
And after they'd been out into the wilderness for a bit, they came to Mount Sinai and that's where God gave them the law. And so in Exodus 34, we read this. Celebrate the festival of weeks with the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the festival of ingathering at the turn of the year. All right? Because their year started not when our year starts. It's a different different time. Three times a year, all your men are to appear before the sovereign Lord, the God of Israel. I will drive out the nations before you and enlarge your territory and no one will covet your land when you go up three times each year to appear before the Lord, your God. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord, your God. And the Lord said to Moses, write down these words for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So Moses was there. This is where he's here at Mount Sinai with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets, the words of the covenant, the 10 commandments. So Pentecost really celebrates the true beginnings of the people of God. So we might recall they were called out amongst all the nations by Abraham. Abraham, come on. I want you all going to be the father of a great nation. And how many kids did Abraham have? Two. That's not hardly a great nation, is it? But God is true to his word. God is true to his word. And so from, so from, so from his son Isaac, he had Jacob and Esau. And from Jacob, he had 12 sons, including Joseph, who went on to become a ruler in Egypt. And from there, the people of God grew and became that great nation. And by the time of the Exodus, we're not exactly sure of the numbers, but it's been estimated there might have been up to 2 million people uh, at that time. But it wasn't really until they came to Mount Sinai, until God handed them the law, until God made that covenant, that contract with them, that they truly became God's people. And that's why the Jews like to read from the book of Ruth at this festival. You know, it's a, it's a tiny little book. It's only four chapters. You can read it in half an hour. Um, and it's the story of a woman who is lost and alone who comes into a relationship with God and becomes part of the family of God. So in Exodus chapter 19, we read, Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob. This is what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You might, that might sound familiar. That's because the apostle Peter echoed those same words in his letter and he used them and applied them to us, the church. He said, you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You know, it's a wonderful thing that God called the Israelites like that because often they would, they kind of got a bit up themselves, you know, and they're, oh, we're special, we're wonderful, we're chosen. 
And God had to constantly remind them, I didn't call you because you're special. You're special because I called you. It's the other way around. Our uniqueness, our specialness comes from the God we serve. And so we, we know from the book of Acts that it was on the same day, the day of Pentecost, that God's Holy Spirit came down and filled the new Christians. So Pentecost has equal, has, sorry, extra meaning for us because not only is it celebrating the birth of Israel as a nation, it's also celebrating the birth of the church as God's chosen people. So Pentecost is a special time for us as well. Now, interesting, Jesus spoke of himself in terms of being a Passover grain offering. In John 12, he said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And by that, he meant that the Son of Man was about to die on the cross. Truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many. So Jesus is talking about himself as being like a human grain of wheat. And he is going to die for the sins of the world. And then he would be resurrected as the first fruits of a new generation to God. You know, this Feast of Pentecost has been celebrated by the Jews for centuries. So it's not a new revelation. It's not something brand new we're doing here. But for all those centuries, they were waiting for the Messiah to come. They were waiting for the true fulfillment of all their prophecies. You know, God promised them that there's going to be more. You know, he gave them the law, which was a great starting point. But he said, this is just the beginning. There's going to be something better than the law to come. And so in Jeremiah we read, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them from Egypt, because they broke my covenant, even though I was a husband to them. See, here's the, here's the sad truth. God makes an agreement with people and he says, look, this is my covenant. You know, follow these laws and I will bless you. And what happens? The people break the law. The people mess up. They ruin their covenant with God. But who paid for it? Who paid for that sin? It wasn't the people of God. It was Jesus who paid on our behalf. This is a new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. You know, Jesus fulfilled this promise, this promise that they waited centuries for. You know, just like Moses descending from Mount Sinai with the law and the, and the, and the covenant for the people, so Jesus sent down his Holy Spirit into his disciples. This is a fulfillment of everything God had promised. It's more than laws written on stone. It's something written within each and every individual person. 
And now we're no longer under the law. We're no longer people who are compelled to serve every aspect of the law like the Israelites did. Now Jesus expects of us to have a transformation within. And so we follow God's law, not because we're trying to earn our salvation, but as a response out of thankfulness for the salvation we've already been given. Uh, And Paul goes on and says, "This, this prophecy of Jeremiah has been fulfilled. And as he writes to the Corinthians, he says to them, you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts. You are known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And so under the new covenant, there's something unique. There's something more that God promises us in Jesus Christ. And just as it was 50 days from the Passover to the Feast of Pentecost, it was 50 days from Jesus' resurrection to the day when he sent his Holy Spirit. And we read in the book of Acts that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all there together in one place. And a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. Just as the giving of the law at Sinai was the true beginning of the people of God. So the giving of the Spirit at Pentecost marks the real birthplace, the real birthday of the Church of Jesus Christ. So we're going to move into a uh, a time of thanksgiving. It's going to be both a time of thanks and a time of giving. Now, there was a highly successful businessman and uh, a charity came out to him and said, you know, we'd love you to, to, to give to our charity and they kind of outlined their case, you know, this is what our needs are, these are the wonderful things we're doing and, um, you know, you, you've, you're a wealthy man, you know, you could really help us out. And the guy listened to their pitch and he said, Yep, you've got a good point. I, I do have a lot of money, and yours is an important cause, but are you aware that my mother needs 24-hour nursing care? Oh, no, we didn't know that. Well, do you know my sister is struggling to raise a family of eight all on her own? No, we didn't know that. Do you know that I've got a son in a drug rehab clinic and another one doing voluntary work overseas? No, no, we're sorry, we didn't know any of that. Well, if I don't give them a cent, why would I give it to you? (laughs) You know, this feast is one of gratitude. You know, it's one of, one of being thankful for all that God has given to us. We're grateful for God's loving provision. You know, we're grateful for the sacrifice of Christ that he made for us. And we're grateful for the gift of the Holy Spirit, which transforms us and makes us the people of God. And so this festival that we're celebrating today is a festival of thanksgiving where we're thanking God for all that he's done but it's also a time for giving and so just as Boaz showed generosity and love towards Ruth so we can give to others and so we can show generosity out of our relative wealth that we have so today we're going to celebrate and we're going to give thanks and we're going to do a couple of things with it so 
Uh, I sent out uh, an email during the week to let you know some of the items that might be handy because what we're going to do this next Sunday is we're going to have a time where we start to celebrate Christmas and we're going to do some crafts, we're going to play some games and we're going to make up some hampers that we can give to the needy. And so the food offerings that you bring today are going to be used for that purpose. And if we have more than needs to go into the those particular hampers, then we can always give that to Uniting Aid as well. So everything that we collect is going to be given to the needy today. Uh, and so that's what's that's part of what we're bringing to the Lord here. Um, we're also... Um, we haven't had our offering, you might have noticed yet, in the service. We're also giving an opportunity for you to bring forward your offering as well. And um, before we do that, though, I'm going to ask you a question. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to participate in this time now. Now, you might know that this week, the United States, they celebrate Thanksgiving. And one of the traditions that they have as they sit around the dinner table is that each person says one thing that they're grateful for this year. So you know where this is going, don't you? I'm going to give you an opportunity to do the same thing. I'm going to ask you just to call out from where you are. Uh, You can stand if you want, if you want to be heard. Um, But just one thing that you are grateful to the Lord for In particular, it might be one thing that the Lord has done for you this year. And I want you just to call that out as an expression of thanks. I'm grateful for this family. It's awesome being part of this family. Well, we're going to do a reading today, and we're going to do this reading together. Um, It comes from Psalm 136. This is another one of the readings that the Jews will normally do around this festival. And it's in two parts. It's a responsive reading. Okay, so I'll read the first part, uh, and you can read, and you can, you can respond with, His love endures forever. You can remember that, can't you? That's not too difficult. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them. To him who led his people through the wilderness. He remembered us in our lower state and freed us from our enemies. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. There's a passage in Deuteronomy when Moses tells the people how they should celebrate this feast. And he says to them, no one should appear before the Lord empty handed. Each of you should give, bring a gift in proportion to the way God has blessed you. Well, today you don't have to come here empty handed. Some of you have brought gifts of food. Some of you will have your monetary offerings to give and the offering bags are right here. And if you are not prepared with either of those, the other thing that we've given you this morning is a prayer. You'll notice in your newsletter there's a little prayer and this is the prayer that the people of God will bring to him at this time of year. And so if you have, no matter 
what else you might have to bring, you can at least come forward with that prayer and present that here on the table before the Lord and say, Lord, this is my prayer. And I, can I borrow one from someone? Thank you. Let me read it to you. This is what the people of Israel would say as they come forward. I declare today to the Lord our God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring my first fruits that you, the Lord, have given me. And so this is a prayer of thanksgiving that we bring to the Lord for all that he has done for us. And so I'm going to uh, pray a brief prayer. Um, maybe, uh, actually, can I go to the music team to come forward? I was going to have some music out the back, but we're having a little technical issue with our audio. Oh, yeah, you can play that. Yep, good. That's going to work. Stub that CD on and that will play as people come forward. I'm going to pray a a prayer, uh, which is a a fairly common blessing. Sorry, guys. I was going to get them to try and do something off the cuff because we're having issues with our our computer down there. Um, So I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to give you an opportunity to come forward, bring your gifts to the Lord. There's bags there for offering or you can bring your prayer. Uh, And let's all do this as a way of giving thanks to the Lord for all he's given us. And to celebrate what it means to be a child of God. Our food, our prayers, we bring them to you, Lord, as an expression of our love and our thanks to you. And we say, Lord, help us to use them to bless others. Help us to transform people's lives this Christmas. Help us not just to give them something physical to sustain them, but help us, Lord, have opportunities to introduce them to you. And so we give you these offerings as an expression of our love and our thanks. And we thank you for all that you do for us, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. A special thanks to those that have donated to us online, enabling us to continue our ministry to the local community and beyond. It's because of you that our ministry is possible. Click the link in the description or visit yokinebaptist.church to find out other ways you can support us. If you enjoyed listening to this message, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.